Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. in for Sylvie. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. How did you uh, handle the first weekend without football? I worked. I had radio Saturday and Sunday, so I was busy. So you stayed busy? Yeah. I mean, Did nothing. you miss football? I did. Yeah? I, I don't know. I enjoyed the Super Bowl, though, so I still feel like I had the Super Bowl hangover to where I was constantly talking about what happened in the game and then the fallout for San Francisco with all of the... Yeah. Alleged scapegoating and all of the things that changed with that team last week with their coaching staff. I miss it already. I miss football already. But now the Bears take center stage uh, in the NFL, uh, NFL rather universe with the combine starting up a week from today. Who better to talk about what the Bears have ahead of them than a guy who spent decades in the NFL front offices, most recently with the Minnesota Vikings. Our pleasure to welcome Rick Spielman to the show. Rick, how are we doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Um, listen, I've heard a lot of people say, Rick, well, I wouldn't want to be Ryan Poles. He's got such a difficult decision. I'm on the other side of that conversation. I'd love to have the options that Ryan Poles has. How do you feel about how Ryan Poles should feel? No, I think the Chicago Bears control basically the whole offseason. Uh, starting in free agency with the amount of cap space, I think after – White hair and Eddie Jackson were cut. They're up to seventy million in cap room, so they can fill a lot of needs uh, on the free agency side. And then you're only going to get one chance to uh, maybe select a franchise quarterback. So they've had the number one overall pick the last two years. Last year they traded it, as everybody knows, and then now they have the big decision to make on the quarterback. Is it Justin Fields or is it Caleb Williams or Drake May? However, they feel that that'll fall out. But this will set up this franchise probably for the next decade on what Ryan Poles has to do. But the only thing that's positive about Ryan Poles is he controls his own destiny with a number one overall pick and the amount of cap space that they do have. You've been busy, and I know we'll talk about the quarterbacks (laughs) and how you have them ranked and all that, but I know you were part of the Washington search committee for the general manager for the head coach how did that come about and what was that process like for you helping them land adam peters and dan quinn yeah no it was awesome i was asked by uh, josh harris and uh, bob myers who was also part of the search committee to join them uh so it was great to go through that process again and i was really surprised on how many qualified candidates are out there. I thought in Chicago, Ian Cunningham, it's just a matter of time before he gets his shot to be a general manager. And How many qualified coaches were out there as we went through this process? So uh, I think for the commanders and what Josh Harris was looking for, getting Adam Peters was, was, was a good call for him. And then Adam and Josh, I assisted in the head coaching search, participated in all the interviews and everything, but Josh and, uh, Adam had to come up with what was going to be the best fit for that team. But Washington Commander fans should be very excited about the direction that franchise is going ahead. Rick Spielman joins us. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Courtney Cronin in for Sylvie. Rick joins us on the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline. So, Rick, would you like to share with us just how much interest the commanders may have 
trying to move up to get the number one <laughs> overall pick to bring a local kid to the organization? Uh, I was kicked off the airways for about a month because I didn't want to cross that line. And now that I'm done, basically, I, uh, uh, I'm not going to cross that line. Okay. So I will okay. say this. Whenever Dan Quid and Adam Peters decide for the quarterback, I think that'll be a good decision. Uh, Rick, before we get into your evaluation of some of the guys available in the upcoming draft, I'd love to get your evaluation of the current quarterback of the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. What do you think of his play in his first three years here? Uh, I would say inconsistent flashes of being a very good quarterback. Uh, you know, was it? It's always going to be the question was it because he didn't have enough talent around him? Was it the scheme? Was he fitting what they were trying to do offensively? And then there's no question about his athleticism. There's no question about his arm talent. I think he is one of the better deep ball throwers as far as accuracy goes in the NFL. Look how it helped when they put D.J. Moore out there and, and having a legitimate number one receiver to be able to run the ball like they did. I mean, they really, you know, played much better on the defensive side is, you know, they went five and three in their last eight games. And, and when they traded for Montez Sweat, that just changed their whole defense, which helped, I think, Justin Fields in the offense. Now, if he plays against Detroit, you'd say he'd be a pro bowler every time you see him go out and play against the Lions the way he performs <laughs> in. But it, it's going to be a very difficult decision. It's not maybe they don't want Justin Fields, but to me it may come down, and it's not like they don't have – the cap space to do anything but the question you have to ask yourself and maybe i can pose it to your areas of expertise both of you guys uh and i'm sorry courtney and lady as well who is very knowledgeable in the nfl more more than i am sometimes with uh, some of the things that she says but i will say that you have to make this decision is if you do keep him, and let's say you go with a Marvin Harrison or you trade out again, uh, you're going to have to extend this contract. I know it's a low number this year, but it's $22 million, I believe, with the fifth-year option. But if you're going to do this, then you're going to have to extend him. And is it going to be a Daniel Jones-type deal where it's four years, whatever, 100, I, I can't, 60 or $70 million, I couldn't remember, but I know it's $92 million guaranteed and, 40 million a year uh, or do you take a Caleb Williams or a Drake May with that pick and I believe the total guarantees of the first overall pick this year for four years is going to be 45 million in total and then that just gives you more uh, cap space to go out and sign even uh, you know what they need to help on the defense get another pass rusher make sure that uh Jalen Johnson goes nowhere, whether you franchise him or extend him to a long-term contract, because I think he's the best corner out on the market. So they have the ability to keep guys, add guys, and then the decision's going to be, is Justin Fields, if you think, and it's a lot of the new coordinator, right? And I don't know Shane Waldron and what's been coming out or what's being said up there, but if he believes in him, then sign him. If not, then don't pass up a potential franchise quarterback if you think, that Caleb Williams or Drake May is is one of those guys. Waddle and I were talking about this before we brought you on, like the idea of a dance partner out there for the Bears. If they do move on from Justin Fields, the options 
right now seem kind of limited, whether it's Pittsburgh. We've heard the rumored interest, if you even want to call it that, just that Mike Tomlin likes Justin Fields. That's all that's been said. And then, of course, Atlanta. And does Raheem Morris really like Justin Fields? Is it a chance to give him the reset? And, and you know, Rick, that every team out there is going to think that they can be the ones to fix the quarterback, to give him the fresh start, to to put him in a situation that was better than the last one. Do you see that for Justin? That wherever he goes, if it's not Chicago, that he can, in a way, resurrect his career? Or do you think some of those fatal flaws that are that sh- that showed up at Ohio State that that continued with him in Chicago are those things that he can't break now? I guess that'd be four years into his NFL career. Yeah, I guess those are the things that you would have to know internally. On is it the you know like I said when he does play action, he gets outside the pocket. Uh, create second chances. I mean, he's as good as there is in the NFL. Can he speed up his progression and getting through his progressions? And can he put some touch and timing on the balls at the short and intermediate level? And can he improve some of his accuracy there? You know, a lot of times since he's been there, they haven't had very good pass protection. Um, but I do think that if someone sees something and as you know, Courtney, there's a lot of coaches out there that think they can fix anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and say, let's, let's, let's give this, you know, we're not going to get one of the top three quarterbacks this year. He's better than maybe that second-tier quarterback coming out. Let's take a chance. And, you know, Atlanta is a perfect example with the weapons they have on offense. They have a solid defense. New coach coming into town. Dave Canales did a phenomenal job with Geno Smith. He did a phenomenal job with Baker Mayfield last year. Uh, or no, he he went to Carolina. I'm sorry, who got the? Oh, Raheem. But he brought in Zach Robinson, right. the offensive coordinator from the Rams, who also has a history and of and that organization of of improving quarterback play. So, you know, I think you'll have that answer if you start hearing rumors coming this next week when everybody's at the combine. And if they're starting to field any trade offers, or are they pushing them? Because usually that's when the talk starts here when everybody gets to the combine. Rick, what would you expect the Bears would receive in return in a deal for Justin? What's the value? Oh, boy, that's, I don't know. <laughs> that's another good question. I think they should be able to get a second-round pick plus something. I think that's kind of the Gorn rate of when you've traded. If you go back and look at the history, of quarterbacks that were tr- veteran quarterbacks that were traded. I don't know anyone would give them a first round pick, but with as much draft capital as they have this year and two picks in the top 10, uh, let's say you threw another second round pick in there. Maybe they go out and use one of those picks to trade for uh, Reddick, who uh, Hassan Reddick, who's on the block right now as a pass rusher for the Philadelphia Eagles that would also help them defensively. On the flip side of that, we've heard this, you know, the words that are used, crazy compensation, historic compensation, whatever it would be to have the Bears move off of number one. I don't know if I subscribe to the idea of the realistic nature that a team's going to mortgage their future to get up to number one. And I want to know what, like, from your perspective, like the thought of a San Francisco-esque haul, and I know they went from 12 to 3 a couple years ago and gave up three first-rounders in the process. Like, What do you think it would take for anybody to get up to number one knowing the strength of this quarterback class? Like, Could you realistically see three first-round picks, a future second, anything, maybe even a player thrown into the mix too to get 
number one? Well, it depends on, you know, <laughs> how strongly someone feels about one of the, those two quarterbacks, or we're assuming Caleb Williams or Drake May. And, uh, you know, you never say never. I mean, that would be pretty rich for me. It depends on how far you're moving up to. I mean, does the Raiders try to move up? Does Atlanta try to move up? I don't know. Um, but if it's they're saying historic, it's, then maybe that's what they're asking. But you never know until the actual time comes. But I do think that if I would say if Justin Fields isn't traded before the new league year or you're hearing things of getting close, uh, and I know there's time between the new league year and, and the draft, but I would try to think that if Chicago is going to definitely take a quarterback, they would try to move Justin at the beginning of yeah. the uh, the new league year here in middle of March. That's kind of how we felt that, that it would go down as well. Former Vikings general manager Rick Spielman joins us on ESPN 1000. All right, Rick, let's get to the evaluation process of Caleb Williams. When you watch his film over the course of not just this year, but going back to last year, in totality, what do you see in Caleb Williams? Uh, I think he's a very unique talent. I think he's, there's no question about his athleticism, his ability to buy a second chance. Some of the throws that he makes when he's off schedule, you just rewind it to say that he actually just make that type of throw. Uh, I think where he probably needs to clean up some things is forcing plays that aren't there, uh, tends to hold the ball too long, which a lot of these quarterbacks do. We talked about last year, I remember that was a knock on C.J. Stroud that he held the ball too long at times or Bryce Young. Um, The one thing that really stood out to me the most was when he played against Notre Dame and played very poorly by his standards in that first half, I was anxious to see how he responded when he came out of halftime. They ended up losing that game, but he played very well in that second half. So first half was great, but what told me is that when he played poorly and had to come over adversity, he seemed to answer the bell the second half. So to me, that's a pretty good sign that this guy has a chance to be pretty successful in the NFL. You brought up Jalen Johnson earlier, and I know that's on everyone's mind here. The tag window opens tomorrow it goes through march 5th i believe and from from your perspective of doing these negotiations before and i go back to january 10th when we heard from ryan poles and he spoke glowingly of Jalen. he said you know i'm very confident we'll get something done Jalen's not going anywhere yet an ex- extension hasn't come yet like I don't know. Like maybe just from my perspective, I don't know if you say those things if you don't know that you're going to be able to come to an agreement with the player. Like, do you think that the tag is probably the route that they go, or is he worth getting what he wants? Which he has gone on different media outlets and said that he wants to reset the market, the position. Like, do you think the Bears should pay him that? Well, I I do believe Ryan Poles that if he says he's not going anywhere, then he will tag his rear end and we'll let him <laughs> on the other market. So <laughs> that part I agree with. And I think the tag in Courtney, if you're, or you guys could, uh, is it 18 million if they tag the quarter? Like, yeah, like 18.8. Yeah. So, you know, that's where the floor starts. And then if they tagged him the next year, whatever that number would be, 120% of the 18, if they tag him two years, that's where it starts, the, the, the floor for the deal. So 
I could see them, and I don't know, I don't have off the top of my head what the top corner is getting paid, and everybody wants to reset the market. There's a lot of things that are said this time of year. But I think if they put a deal there using the floor for the franchise tag the next two years and potentially trying to project where the cap's going to be over the next five, that they should be able to hopefully come up with some kind of long-term deal. And it benefits the Bears. Now, whether he shows up or not is another different story. But if the player wants to go pay as you go and tag him for two years, they have more than enough cap space to do that and still be very active in uh, free agency. I think it's Jair Alexander at like 24. 21.1. 21.1. And um, I think it's Denzel Ward who has the most guarantees. So whatever he's shooting for, if he's trying to reset the market, those are two things you'd consider. Hey, hey Rick, what's the, in your opinion, how big a difference is there between Caleb Williams and Drake May or Jaden Daniels? Is there a significant drop-off after Caleb, in your opinion? Uh, I think some teams will look at Drake May, didn't have the year that everybody expected him to have. He was in a little bit of situation where he didn't have the same talent around him as a year ago. Uh, and maybe the biggest knock on him was just trying to force too many throws that weren't there or trying to make too much happen. But I had an opportunity to see him play live uh, two years ago when he was down in Miami against the Hurricanes. And for his size, uh, he is another very good athlete with a very strong arm that can make all the off-platform throws. A lot of it, I think, there's there's not I, – I think Caleb Williams may be a more dynamic athlete, but I think they both have the unique ability to make some pretty impressive throws that not a lot of other quarterbacks can make. I think when you get to the combine and you start, you know, these – interviews and as you go through this pre-draft process they'll dig and drill down deep on why he made some of the decisions that he made and then Jaden Daniels has just almost like not he to me he is more talented than when Jalen Hurst came out but you saw how Jalen Hurst kept coming or getting over adversity when he was at Alabama then got benched and went to Oklahoma then did what he did at Oklahoma Uh, Jaden Daniels was not very good at Arizona State. And then when you watched him uh, at LSU the year before, he, you would probably say he was maybe a third, fourth-round pick. And then you say and take a next step this year and go on to win the Heisman Trophy. He is as close, in my opinion, as a Lamar Jackson-type athlete with the ball in his hands. I'm anxious to see what his body type looks like in person. He has improved his accuracy at all levels of the field. Now, he has some pretty good weapons that he's throwing to in, in neighbors and uh, Thompson Thomas Jr., uh, who's also coming out, who I think is very impressive as well. Um, so he had a lot of weapons around him, but you got to give him credit. Every year he got better and better, and the numbers he put up this year, I don't think any quarterback did that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I still think it's in that order, but there's a lot of time between now and the draft on how this whole – pre-draft process goes and what people are able to dig out. How can you remember Jalen Carter last year, right? Yeah. He was mm-hmm. at the combine. Next thing you know, that thing popped up and that dropped him. So um, we'll see how it goes all the way up till draft night. But I think everybody's going to be pretty close to that consensus of one, two, and three. You, you mentioned the weapons. Um, it's a strong, especially at the top of the draft, strong a strong year for wide receivers. How would you evaluate the top receivers? Because the Bears also hold the ninth overall selection in the first round. 
Yeah, well, to me, this is a very, very strong group of receivers. And Marvin Harrison Jr., to me, is a Hall of Famer. Uh, by the time he's going to be done, and you got Neighbors, who's the speed guy from LSU, who will be an impact player right away. Adunze made a big jump from last year to this year, and another guy that's like built like a power forward that goes up and gets the ball uh, and has had an impressive year. And then, you know, what happens after that? Keon Coleman, the big uh, bodied receiver from Florida State. You got this Brian Thomas Jr., who I just mentioned who I think hasn't even scratched the surface right now. In my opinion, I think he's right behind Odunze in the fourth receiver that should come off the board because of his length, uh, because of his athleticism, because of his speed down the field to separate vertically. And he's a unique athlete for his size with the ball in his hand. So those four are really the top for me. And then I think there's a little fall off after that, but, there's probably six or seven receivers that are in that next tier of receivers that are going to have very good NFL careers. I feel like we're enough years removed from our Vikings time together that I can actually ask you this question, and maybe maybe I can crack the code, maybe I can get an answer on it. Um, the idea of <laughs> Justin Jefferson and the extension that could be on the table for him at some point in Minnesota this offseason. We know they could have done it last year, but that didn't happen. The idea that there's this rule, this internal rule from ownership about not guaranteeing or only guaranteeing, fully guaranteeing money in that first year that the contract is signed, potentially being the holdup here for a Jefferson extension. Can you speak to what like the validity of that and whether that could potentially be a snag in what happens here with them trying to get him under contract long term? No, boy, Courtney, I, I don't know what they're, what's going on up here in the building. I wish I had an answer for you. I know that uh, Justin turned out to be a good player, and I think they'll do everything they can to try to do what they have to do to keep him there. I can't imagine, you know, if he gets out uh, in the open market what that, you know, deal is going to be. I know the rumors you hear out there is he wants to be uh, north of Tyrant. Uh, Tyreek Hill and maybe the highest played non-quarterback in the league. So I don't know where those numbers go, but I imagine he's going to be in the in the in the mid thirties by the time it's said and done. But to answer your question directly, I wish I could have give an answer to you, Courtney, but I can't. <laughs> uh, Rick, before we let you go, we truly I appreciate pretty good, Courtney. Hey, Dancing the questions that you used was, to ask me. That was like all pro level talking me into a circle. <laughs> say, it's like you were back in time, like, right? Uh, it's like you went to time machine yeah. for me. Like, yeah. and, I mean, but no, to, to the I'll say it because he won't. Rick drafted Justin Jefferson. Oh, yeah. Rick saw that in 2020 <laughs> oh, yeah. in that draft class when Philadelphia decided that they wanted to go a different direction and. You know, you the credit goes where it's due for that. I mean, he has been, in my career of covering NFL players for about seven, eight years now, he is the most electric player I have had a chance to watch develop from rookie year through, you know, the first two seasons I, I covered him. And I would ask on top of that, Rick, did you, did he ex- exceed even your expectation for him when he was coming in I, to the league? Well, I... The thing is, you give a lot of credit to everybody, the scouts, and, and I know the, the coaches, everybody were very high on him. And it's a little bit of luck, too. You know, what happens if uh, he goes before we pick? And it just happened to fall our way. That was the COVID draft. I'll never forget that. 
Uh, I so, won't either because uh, of all those day three picks that she kept trading back. And I remember <laughs> sitting in the same spot for 12 or 13 hours writing up draft analysis. But I digress. <laughs> well, you digress, but there was a purpose for that as well because I didn't know how college free agency was mm-hmm. going to work because we weren't all together. So I said, let's make college free agency our seventh round. That's why we ended up drafting, I think, 15 that year. Yep. Hey, uh, Rick, again, before we let you go, and we appreciate your time, Ryan Poles didn't select Justin Fields. From a general manager's perspective, does that play into any type of decision-making at all as you want your career to be defined by somebody that you actually selected the most important position in sports? Well, Ryan Poles, like I said, he's also had the luxury of being there the last two years with him. Yes, yeah. So he he knows what Justin Fields is. He knows what he is like in the building. He knows what he's like medically. Uh, he knows what he's like as a person uh, more than anyone else should know. So it should make his decision easier, even though he didn't draft him. He has the luxury of knowing him over the last two years and seeing him play and maybe you know why there are clashes all the time but not consistency that maybe you want, and the Uri could say, hey, it wasn't my guy. Let me go get, you know, hopefully we never have, and they shouldn't have the number one overall pick by the way they finished last year again. Uh, And let me go get my, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes of the Chicago Bears, whoever that may be. Yep, and as we let you go, is is it your expectation that when this is said and done that they will, in fact, select Caleb Williams with the first overall selection? I just think, in my opinion, he's too unique of a player to pass up. Okay. So, awesome. I, I will. I will state now. If something screws up between now and uh, the draft, then I do not hold my comments <laughs> any responsibility to what I just said. All bets are off. <laughs> Rick, we appreciate your time. It's been fun catching up, and thanks so much for the knowledge. We appreciate it. All right, thanks for having me on. Thanks, Courtney. Good thanks, to catch Rick. up with you. you. Too. Rick Spielman, former general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. A lot there. A lot there. I thought really that was, was a, really a lot of information. Um, I think he, you know, I mean, listen, if he was to place a, a bet in Vegas, which obviously we weren't asking him to do, I, I think he would probably wager that the Bears would, in fact, use the first overall selection. But the point he made at the very end, I think, is very important. And I, I think it's something, Courtney, that that Ryan Poles talked about when he met the media with Matt Eberflus next to him. He needs to know the individual. Mm-hmm. He needs to the know person. the person yep. that Caleb Williams is or Drake May. So it, it, very interesting. We'll uh, dig into some of the things that Rick Spielman had to say to us. More Bears conversation. Courtney's in for Sylvie. Uh, this is ESPN 1000. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's time to find out what's on Tom's mind. Is that why you are here? As we go inside Waddle's World. Way too much respect for Courtney to actually expose her to the nonsense that is Waddle's World. So we'll keep it Bears-related. Waddle's World is brought to you by Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us, member FDIC. Plus, I also wanted to talk more about if, in fact, the Bears do segue away from Justin, where they may find a trade partner. Because 
I don't think we got a, a you know into an in-depth conversation about that. We did a little bit. Um, but I'm not so sure that I feel as confidently today as I did a while ago that there may be a plethora of different possible destinations. I'm with you on that because it felt like there were three, realistically three, because in maybe there ends up being a Minnesota like that, a team that's you know outside of the top ten in the draft order. It'd be really expensive for them to move all the way up to number one to get a quarterback and even two or three that they explore a trade in that route. But one of those teams was the Raiders. Right. They're 13, I want to say, in the draft order. Yes, that's, the 13th. That's, you know, for them to go move up to one, that's expensive. But then for them to go draft just, they're not going to pair him right. with Luke Getze. I, I, I do not believe so. that. So then now they're two. And until another team... When the other quarterbacks that are out there, like realistic, if the Vikings don't re-sign Kirk Cousins, then he's going somewhere else. Russell Wilson, very likely what to get... What do you think, having, you know, you know experience I think in, that I, they can, he can rake them over the coals I if do he too. wants to. Um, I, I wouldn't have thought that a year ago at this time. Granted, I, you know, the injuries and all those things that you can't necessarily predict, but their options are not great in the draft and where they're seated. And also, do you really think Kevin O'Connell is itching to get Justin into his system? Because there is a little tweaking, to say the least, that needs to be done to build an offense to suit Justin's strengths. Yeah. And Kevin O'Connell is is one of these pure, you know, West Coast off the Shanahan slash McVay tree guys. And he had Kirk in his career year in 2022. Kirk was playing some of the best football of any quarterback up until the point where he ruptured his Achilles in Green Bay. And by the way, the other side of the ball, Brian Flores has done as good a job confusing the Bears offense and and limiting them as anybody over the last couple of years. You probably want to end up like keeping that where it's at. So So I just, yeah, I mean. A year where you can bank on that. And let's not forget the part that you know, big part of this. Who's the quarterback that's going to keep Justin Jefferson happy? That's right. like the top of the list where you have to have somebody who, if you let's let's just like what Rick Spielman told us that that you expect if they're going to trade Justin, it's going to be before the start of the new league year. Then then what? Like if like let's say I'm just like throwing this out there. If they, if they traded for a quarterback or got a quarterback that's not Kirk Cousins and that's not somebody that Justin Jefferson wants to play with. He's not signing an extension right. with you. They yeah. could tag him. They could do a few other things, but no way in hell. Like you got to keep your thoroughbred happy, right? And fed, yeah. and fed the ball a lot. And yeah. I, you know, for for all of the things that happened early on in Jefferson's career, where the team was not a playoff team, there was, you know, just a lot of struggles with the quarterback. They seem to have gotten on the same page, especially twenty twenty two, and even last year where. I think their best path to keeping Jefferson happy, which to me is priority number one, is making sure that Cousins gets an extension. Which is funny to me, too, because there have been times, and I, that's just the nature of, of the play, that it, there were so many times when it looked like Jefferson was not happy with Cousins. But at the end of the day, you look at his stats yeah. when he is healthy, like Kirk's feeding him the ball, and it's working. Mm-hmm. So I just I don't see, I don't see Minnesota as... As a spot where that will work out. Meller, you had some really interesting thoughts as well. Some very strong thoughts about well, the we, potential breadth of the market that may exist in it. In well, the trade. And, and Courtney, you've kind of hit on a lot of it. But to go a little bit deeper here. So the Minnesota thing with Cousins. I agree with you guys. I will note that Albert Breer wrote today in one of his Sports Illustrated pieces that 
O'Connell and the Vikings front office has made it clear that they're not going to go to the same spot that previous uh, Vikings front office has been willing to go. <clears throat> Rick Spielman. Um, so it's interesting, you know, will they be able to come to terms with Kirk Cousins? Because if he hits the market, there's going to be a lot of teams very interested in bringing Kirk Cousins into the fold. Right. So, you know, just how much Which, does... Jeff, is why I think the point that we've all made, and I think Rick Spielman made as well, is that he he believes if the deal is going to be made, it'll be made sooner rather than later before all the chairs are taken. Yeah, absolutely. But this all affects Justin Fields because I like the one spot, too, is I, I know the Vikings have made trades within the division, but let's not pretend like that's not a bigger obstacle to overcome. I think if the Bears end up moving Justin Fields, if they have their druthers, I have to imagine they would like to trade with any other team outside of their division. I, you know. Like, ultimately, you need to get the best back that you can in terms of return if you're Ryan Poles. But also, I do think it becomes a little bit harder to make a trade with a team inside your division when we're talking quarterbacks. I don't even think, I I wouldn't put Minnesota in my top three or four. So take them out of the mix. We've hit on, you know, the Raiders and why Luke Getze being there is not necessarily a a match for them. I would put that low on the the possibility list, too. So all of a sudden, you know, Courtney mentioned Atlanta. They have the eighth pick. If you're the Atlanta Falcons and someone like J.J. McCarthy appeals to you, I don't know. Would you rather have him if you're Zach Robinson and there's than a good chance trying Miller to figure out he, Justin Fields? He'll be available then because yes. there will be wide receivers that and, are drafted. There's a couple of offensive tackles that are high on people's boards. And so you've got J.J. McCarthy. You've also got Bo Nix, who a lot of people seem to like. I'm not saying he would be a first-rounder. But if you have a second-round pick, would you consider drafting Bo Nix with the second overall pick than trading away that same second-round pick and possibly more for Justin Fields and also Michael Penix, who I know he's got some more questions. But there's this it's such a quarterback-heavy draft with a lot of interesting names in it. And then we haven't even hit all the Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, free agency sagas that exist. And then Russell Wilson. Maybe you just want to roll the dice with him. He had a, a good statistical year in Denver. Maybe he's more interesting on a you know a veteran minimum deal than giving up trade assets for Justin Fields. I just keep coming back to, I know some guys have said, ooh, first rounder, I could see it happening, Mel, Mel Kuyper and Adam Schefter. I'm wondering, can they get a second for Justin Fields? Well, if you just go down the list of teams, like, I mean, if you go through the AFC East, the Bills, no, the Dolphins, no, the Jets, no, the Patriots, are the Patriots going to to make a deal for Justin if they feel, or would you rather try to build with Jaden Daniels or Drake May on a rookie contract. Because you're at two. Right. Like that's, they're, they're at three. The, the Patriots three. at three. Washington, two. That's yeah. a tough spot to be in because, you know, it's a brand new coaching, new coach, new offensive right. coaching staff. Alex Van Pelt from Cleveland. Like, did, did he like him enough the time that he saw him in December to think, okay, this is the guy that I want to build my offense around when you have the third overall pick? Like, at the very worst, you're getting Drake May or Jaden Daniels, depending upon how the draft order, you know, it changes, whatever happens. On a rookie deal. On a rookie deal, and you have the constraint of you've got Elliot Wolf now running the running personnel. You don't have Bill Belichick making your decisions for you. And you're you have, not a win now team either, because your roster sucks. Your freedom to make choices in the draft. It's going to be a little different than it's been in previous years when you had somebody who was the head coach and de facto GM. So I, I just feel like that's not a, a move that like, they'd want to make. The only other team 
and like reason with me here because I know that they just picked up the or the you know the part of Geno Smith's salary that just got guaranteed on Friday, which they could have they could have walked from him owing him nothing if they decided differently. Could you think they could he could go there? Seattle's the only other team you that know, would make a shred of sense. Courtney, I just looked that up because I, I saw the name. And I'm like, hmm, that could be interesting. Now, I am looking at their draft picks. Seattle does not have a second rounder this year. But could you put together a package of, like, they have multiple third rounders this year. They have, obviously, some future picks as well. Could you put together some sort of draft pick package that doesn't feature a second round pick And who's for the Justin coach, Fields? Mike McDonald, who was formerly the D.C. of Baltimore? Correct, mm-hmm. yes. That's that's interesting because you can keep Gene. Well, the thing is, you don't have to keep Gino. Like they could have just picked, guaranteed this. I don't know why it was structured the way that they that it was that it had to be picked up by the Friday, whatever that was, like the fifteenth of February. Usually, those things are closer to the start of the league year. They guaranteed it in a chance that they might just trade him, anyways. Like they they can trade Geno Smith if they want to. Yeah. I am not of the belief that he was the problem in Seattle this year, but that is an option. If they are, and it's a whole new staff out there because right. their whole offensive staff is pretty much in Chicago. Well, like, so if they Courtney, like that. Now, now if Geno Smith's available in the trade market, that's also problematic for the Bears. That hurts so that, yeah, your hurts, negotiating position if you're the, the Bears. trade value potentially for Fields. But I, I heard somebody we don't talk, talk about enough them. about Seattle. I think you just yeah. need to keep them in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard somebody mention the Browns. How in the world could you make that work? I mean, honestly, I don't think they can make any more like quarterback acquisitions until they figure out whether Deshaun Watson can get his stuff together and be worth every penny that they've paid him. We've talked about the Steelers. There have been conflicting reports. Shefty says that Mike Tomlin and I, you know, when Shefty speaks, I listen, says Mike Tomlin's a big fan. Then we read pro football talk that says that they're going to focus internally. Uh, You look at the rest of the AFC South. The Titans, I don't believe. I think Will Levis is a guy that, what, they spent a second-round pick on and liked a little bit of what they saw. I don't know that you go there. The Raiders, we've talked about already with with Luke Getze of the Denver Broncos. Interested? Do they have any draft capital? No. Do they, I mean, do, if, they spent it all on I would say Russell this, though, Wilson and I, Sean Payton. If Sean Payton decides he really wants Justin Fields, then maybe Ryan Poles should switch course and decide. Because when, when Sean Payton decides on quarterbacks... His instincts are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Tongue in cheek a little bit here, but I don't see that happening. I don't see a home in the NFC East, obviously. I mean, the Giants? No. I mean, you are, still they, they just owe Daniel Jones $40 million. For... The Commanders? Yeah. No, because the second overall pick. Yeah, you're, gonna, you're in the same situation Nobody as Nobody in Patriots. our division. The Falcons probably on your list. The Saints, no. They're tied into Derek Carr. To Derek Carr. The Buccaneers probably going to re-sign... Baker Mayfield, Seattle, like so. Like now, here's a little connect the dots thing with Seattle, though. Seattle just hired Ryan Grubb to be their offensive coordinator. He comes from Washington, University of Washington. Could they be interested in Michael Penix? So I guess the moral of the story for me is, gosh, I hope if they decide that they're going to pivot and move from Justin, my hope is is that there is something very valuable that could come back in return for him. And I do believe that he is a, a very functional starting quarterback in the league. But the closer you look at this, the less you find this giant pool of teams that you think are going to be calling Ryan Poles and saying, hey, let's make a deal. And that's a scary place, I think, for the Bears to be in because you don't 
in a way, they're at the top of the draft board, but you don't want to tip your hand earlier than you're ready to in what your plans are going to be, free agency or draft. I know what he said when we were talking about trading the number one pick um, when we asked him on January 10th, like, what's your timeline for this? Last year, you traded the pick on the 10th of March. And he said, well, I would, you know, ideally you'd take this all the way up till April. Well, if you trade fields in, you know, March 10th again this year, like, let's go ahead on the same timeline a week after the combine, then everybody knows what you're doing at number one. Right. So I don't know. Again, that wouldn't affect if they're convicted at that point. But you better stay convicted because what Ryan, what Rick Spielman said, like kind of like don't hold him to like he would take Caleb Williams. It's he's too unless the individual meetings go sideways. What happens if you trade Justin Fields and all of a sudden the intel, the pro days, something happens? Something happened last year. Granted, it was extenuating circumstances with the Jalen Carter thing, but something did happen. And that would then give you less flexibility to potentially find the right guy. But if you still you had have already moved off from fields by the point that you weren't ready to. Which again, like it, it's all about leverage and how long they want to keep this thing going before they ultimately have to make a decision. At that point, you would still have options, though. True. Maybe you think highly of Drake May. Maybe you think highly of Jaden Daniels, who then would also mm-hmm. be options for you. Or maybe you get into the Kirk Cousins free agency bidding war. Like, there are a number of different avenues they would go. I still find it much more likely that they would use the number one pick on Caleb Williams, barring that meeting not going so well. The thing that I keep coming back to, though, is is if, in fact, you've decided to move on from Justin, I think that deal's got to be made sooner rather than later for the reasons we keep mentioning. Yeah, I mean, the start of the new league year should be the trigger date because other quarterbacks, whether they're going to get released from their teams, like we talk about with Russell Wilson, it feels like he's going to get released if they can't get traded and another team picks up that albatross of a contract that they gave him. Yeah. Then then that, again, that would cloud the market for fields. Like, you want to try to get as much as you can. And the more we talk about this, the less I feel that the first-round pick is is realistic at all. But I'm like, maybe it's just because of what Meller was saying, but I feel like I'm talking myself now out of a second-round pick, potentially. If you're going to get the second, it definitely behooves the Bears to have a couple of different landing spots. And I think when you start going through the exercise of all these decent quarterbacks available, if the, if you're unsure about Justin Fields at all, which at this point, I don't know how you could have convinced yourself that he's the next great franchise quarterback. Well, then you start to be like, well, there might be one or two spots where he will probably end up being a starter. He's one of the better 32, you would think. But if you don't have any leverage, it's hard to just say, give me a second and a fourth next year. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, we'll continue this conversation. I know there's a couple of people online that, that want to discuss this as well. And I think we've got Aki's A-list at 5. We've got Jesse Rogers at 5.30. Tom Rickett spoke earlier today. We'll hear what he had to say through Jesse. Uh, we've got the good, the bad, and the dirty at 6. And then we'll cross-talk with Black and Abdallah. And I think we're going to play – are we going to play a little game? A little Mad Lib game. Is this going to – like you're going to have to under, you're gonna have to explain Mad Libs to me. It's fill in the blank. Okay. I'm going to have you fill in the blank okay. on... On an article that you have partially written already. Yeah. On being prepared in the event that Justin Fields is traded while I'm on vacation after the combine. Okay. We'll do that straight up at 5 o'clock. But we'll get to your calls, Joe, Mike, and Polly. Hang in there. Uh, Courtney's in for Sylvie. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. 
Courtney. Joe. Hello, so, Courtney. Hi, Joe. What if they don't want to say hi? Well, hi they're going to have to. It's part of coming on the air. <laughs> what, what's up, Joe? Hey, I had a question. Yeah. Like, what if the Bears don't have a trade partner for Justin Fields? What if everybody stands pat with the quarterbacks they have and the other teams draft quarterbacks or whatever, and the Bears are asking for too much and they have to keep them? Um, Joe, I, I think that's the least likely of the possible scenarios. I think if, in fact, yeah. they're motivated to move on from Justin, I think they will find a trade partner. Hopefully it's for more rather than less. But I just don't envision a scenario. Think about how messy it would be because Justin's very well liked inside that locker room. Who's going to get right. the majority of the snaps? How do you develop a young quarterback even if you are? Starting Justin, what happens if Justin starts and doesn't play well? Then you put Caleb Williams in. What if you do it the other way around? Caleb Williams starts and isn't playing well. Then you put Justin. I just think it's too messy. It's the issue, I like. It's this is the wealth of riches. Like this scenario should work out in yes. theory, but that's not taking into account politics, ego, agents. Uh, you know, prerogative one way or another. Well, speaking of that, real quick, like, I think if you draft Caleb Williams and you're representing. Justin Fields, you're asking for a trade if it hasn't already taken place. I, I've I've felt that for a while, but like Joe brings up a great point because it's like, what if you know you're not just going to give him away for nothing? You're not going to just give him away for a seventh round pick. But right. the thought of, and I know Mel Kiper said this the other day. I was kind of surprised. I don't subscribe to the belief that you can keep Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams. The idea is so much more than, well, if Fields is, you know, keep let let Caleb develop, let Caleb not go the Bryce Young route of being the first overall pick and going to a bad situation. Well, he's not going to a bad situation. Like right. The Bears roster is in a far better place now than what Carolina was when they brought in their first-round pick last year. But I still think that young quarterbacks need time to develop. Not everybody's going to have the luxury to do that. You're not going to have Justin Fields in a prove-it year on the fifth-year option or not on the fifth-year option. I think if he's here, they're picking up the fifth-year option. But it's too messy. Am I the only messy. one that's crazy to think it's that icky. I wouldn't do it? just it. doesn't work like that because I... there's too much internal politics. Like, I, did you hear the interview that Josh Lucas did? Um, I, I'm not recently. sure. He did an we interview. do have it if you want. We can oh, play yeah. the next segment if you want. Yeah, like, I just I thought it was such terrific insight about how when they brought Justin in 2021, like it wasn't as seamless as oh, young guy learns under right. two rookies, like, two older guys. The two older guys first wanted his job, and I just think that that would Justin's not at any point to be no. you know throwing the towel in. He wants to be a starter in this league. He's this capable is, in the eyes of a lot of people two and a half years to be a starter. Yeah. So that just wouldn't be you know why am I going to do right by you guys to then like carry this young guy along when I'm fighting for my job here. It just, it works in theory, yeah. but then we're not considering all of the other very critical elements that would potentially blow that up in their face. That's the last thing you want for a team that's ascending and is building a culture that could, that could ruin yeah. what they've built. So what are we playing when we come back? Scrabble? What is it called? Mad Libs? That's the that's the game we're playing. We'll call it fill in the blank. It's fill, fill in the, the blank. blank. That's my Justin Fields pending. Send if I'm on the side of the mountain in Colorado news story. How You're, long are you going to be gone? I will be gone. I get back Friday night from the combine. I leave Saturday morning and I'm gone till Thursday. So I chose this time because uh -oh. it's not free agency. Last year, I had an issue. Like, last year, I was getting ready to go to a concert in New Orleans, and Friday at, like, 4.41 p.m. Central Time, they trade that damn pick. 
and Third Eye Blind was delayed for me a little bit. But Were it you was just hammered at all. What's, no, I know? wasn't. I was completely sober. I just woke up from a nap. Yeah, like I was just. I was furious because I'm like, damn it, they really had to do the Friday news dump. But like, I'm prepared with this news story in the event that they trade fields before the start of the league year. Yeah. It could happen that week if it does. You're going to help me fill in the blank here, and you're going to have a chance yeah, to play GM here because I've got some sections that are quoted Perfect. that are, you know, you're going to be Ryan Poles. I can't wait. Uh, so fill in the blank is next. If you're uh, hanging, stay in there. We'll get to you when we come back, though I am going to play the role of Bears GM. Here's hoping I do a pretty good job. Courtney's in for Sylvie. It's Waddle and Sylvie.